You're listening to a sermon from Red Door Church in Melbourne. For more information, go to reddoorchurch.com.au. You know, I'm so blessed. I feel so blessed and so privileged to be given the honour to preach the gospel to you guys this morning. I've got to say, though, it's a bit weird wearing the headset in this, con- in this context. You know, growing up, I was involved in a lot of musical theatre. You know, having this passion for music and this knack for acting and, you know, lacking in friendship, all coupled together really, like, harmoniously to form this theatre kit. I've actually got some photos. Look at that. Wow. Good makeup. And another one. You know, I talk, I talk like it's ages ago, but this was less than two years ago, so it's still a bit fresh. Wow. Look at the facials. You've got a lot of prospect there. Anyways. Um, today I'm going to be talking to you guys about what God has created us to do, which is to worship Him, and how He's called us to do it in all aspects of our life, including the workplace. So before I start, I'm just going to pray for us. Father God, I thank you for a beautiful morning here at Red Door Church. I thank you for your mercy and your grace upon me that I can be up here and under your word and under you just to exalt you and just to encourage your people, Father. We know that your word doesn't return to you void, Father God, so I pray that you'll give me words to speak, Lord God, and I pray that we'll be able to go home with a hearty word and some encouragement, Lord. Thank you once again. So during this year, I was um, a part of the Leadership Academy under Jimmy, you know, it was such an awesome experience. Honestly, like top three highlights of my year, not going to name the other two, but this was up there. You know, we got to meet on a Monday morning. 9 a.m., read Bible for, what, at least an hour, because we had so much to talk about, so much questions. And then we'd do some coursework, we'd go out on excursions and meet some awesome people. Is that, is that a good ad? Yeah. Nah, Jimmy didn't ask me to do that. But anyways, one of the weeks we met an awesome lady by the name of Kara Martin, and we Skyped her, I think she was in New South Wales at the time, and she talked about this very topic of worship in the workplace, and she really opened my eyes up to it. And um, I'd be lying if I said I didn't study her work closely over the past week. So she, is, she has a book called uh, Workship, which talks about this work and faith divide and how we can glorify God through our work. And I found it a real encouragement that over the past week I could really just look at other people's work and see their passion of Christ through these subjects, as well as the foundational and you know, fundamental work in the Bible. So um, first of all, what is work? You know, many of us think it's that place we go to for a few hours a day to do some medial tasks with and for people, you know, we'd rather not communicate with. And honestly, you wouldn't be wrong, you know, sometimes work sucks, right? Our chief end is to glorify God through everything that we do. And sometimes we might feel like work is just that chore that gets in the way from Monday to Friday. You know, uh, I wish, I can't wait for the weekend so I can go be a part of God's people, glorify Him, worship Him eat with his people before I have to come back to this God-forsaken place. You know, we come here on a Sunday, we sit down, we watch the preachers on here, and we go, man, they get to glorify God every day of the week. You know, Monday through Sunday, they're getting ready for Sunday, they're meeting up with the people of the church and encouraging them, but I only get to do it on the weekends when I come here, when I catch up with people, when I'm a youth leader on Tuesdays or working in the Sunday school on Sunday mornings. Let me tell you guys, like, that's, straight, that's a myth. That's ill thought through. The, the idea that there's a divide between us and our relationship with Christ through this 
barrier of work just doesn't exist. So let's look at 1 Corinthians 10.31. So whether you eat or drink, let me drink right now, or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. So whatever I do, whether I'm a pastor, a lawyer, teacher, garbage man, tradie, stay-at-home parent, I should do it for the glory of God? Yes. Jesus has called us to glorify him through everything that we do and uses the most simplest examples of eating and drinking just to drive it home that everything means everything. But sometimes it's hard to see through this divide that of secular work and ministry work and how that glorifies God. You know, if you're a pastor, if you're a youth pastor, you're a missionary, automatically you're doing the Lord's work. And if you're doing otherwise, you're doing secular work, you, you're not. You're not encouraging and edifying your church with, through Scripture on a Sunday. You're not out there in third world countries helping others in need in the name of Jesus, but you're filing reports, you're making business plans, you're serving customers, cleaning toilets, and that's the rest of it. But what I think disqualifies that idea is the fact that God actually created us to work. You know, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He put the land and the sea into formation, and then he chucked some animals on it, and he said it was good. And then in Genesis chapter 2.15, it says that the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. So right from day dot, God created us to work. He created us to glorify him through everything that we do, including our work. And it's not just in the story of creation. He does it throughout the scripture, throughout history, throughout time. In the Bible, you see countless times where God brings these wretched individuals into his kingdom. He gives them salvation, and then he equips them with a mission, and he sends them off again. In Ephesians 2.20, it says that we have been created for good works which God has already prepared. God has plans for us, guys. He doesn't just give us the salvation and send us off to the monotony of our lives, but he has set out works for us to walk in and glorify him through. This includes the parts of our lives that we might find very little motivation in, which is work, sometimes our kids, talking to people in general. But what helps us to realize the great purpose of why we do things is remembering who we are as Christians. We are Christ-like ambassadors with transformed motives, thoughts, worldviews through the renewal of our minds. Now we're going to read Romans 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. When we're finding it hard to bring God any sort of glory through the seemingly pointless work that we do, it might be because our minds haven't been transformed to see... Sorry, wrong point. When we worship God in the workplace, it's actually an expressive display of the worth of God in our everyday lives. We don't simply glorify God because we can find our work fulfilling, but we get to find our work fulfilling because we get to glorify God through it. The act of renewal of our minds comes with our salvation. Paul Washer said that in interaction with a 10-ton truck, you hear 10-ton truck coming 100 kilometers, that's life-changing, life-ending, I dare say. <laughs> so how much more true is a true encounter with Jesus Christ? That's got to be life-changing. 
Through prayer, meditation, attending church, we're slowly transformed to become more Christ-like through the Holy Spirit. When we're finding it to do so at our jobs, it can be because of two reasons. Reason number one is that you're in the wrong line of work. And I really doubt that is an excuse we can use today. You know, unless you're dealing drugs or taking your clothes off for money, I probably wouldn't use that first excuse. The second excuse is that part two of the scripture that I just read doesn't apply to us in the context of our work. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discuss what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. When we're finding it hard to bring God any sort of glory through the seemingly pointless work that we do, it might be because our minds haven't been transformed to see the purpose of performing these medial tasks. By doing so, we deny the work that He has done in us through the gospel. Let me tell you something about the gospel. Once you believe in your heart that God sent down His Son to suffer and ultimately die so that we may have everlasting life. That's got to be life-changing. See, the gospel doesn't just shape our spiritual reality, but also our physical. Once we receive the truth of King Jesus' death and resurrection, our mind is changed. We begin to see the worth of what we do in our day-to-day lives. Changing nappies, washing dishes, these all become worth something. Once this truth of the gospel becomes our truth, our workplaces should turn into our worship places. Now, why do we go to work? Having a lack of drive to glorify God at our workplaces may come from a lack of wanting to be there in the first place. You see, it's, it's, it's very rare to find someone doing something continuously that they have no motivation. So to be employed today in secular work, you've got to have some sort of motivation going through your head. You know, whether it's money, career advancement, to help others in need. First of all, these aren't bad reasons. You know, you get money, feed your family, you get career advancement, you know, you get the higher platform to glorify God, if that's the case. And charity, you know, what's not Christian about charity? Um, but um, we can go to work out of these two motivations. That is the premise of the world and the promise of God's word. The premise of this world, our default is to work and to live for ourselves. This leads to the worship of self, others, ideas, and materials. Going to work for yourself will leave you exhausted because there will be no ends to your desire. It will always lead you to feeling hungry, dumb, poor, and alone. Now, the promise of God, on the other hand, is what he has promised to do through his gospel in our lives. He's the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He strengthens us when we're weak. He holds us in his right hand. He's all that we need. Once you start going to work with the promises of God in mind, it should create a mentality of constant gratitude, incomparable freedom, and unending joy. Again, once these truths of the gospel become reality to us, that he is everything we need, our one supplier, our God, then our work desks should become our worship desks. Our workstations become our workstations, and our cockpits become our worship pits, if you're a pilot. So I've really tried to stress the heart stuff because honestly, I think it's the most important part of why we do things. But with renewed minds and the right motivations in mind, what now? How can I apply this to my everyday life? How can I implement this mindset to my work environment? Well, let's read Colossians 3.22. It says, Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything and do it not only when they're 
eyes is on you and to curry their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it's the Lord Christ you are serving. Anyone who does wrong will be repaid for their wrongs, and there is no favoritism. Masters, provide your slaves with what is right and fair because you know that you also have a master in heaven. So now we've got some more practical ways in how we can glorify God in our workplaces. I've got a few strategies in how we can find worth in our everyday work. Now the first one is to be completely and utterly dependent on God. The first step is to do so. Like He is the be-all and end-all of our existence. Without him, there is no us. He's the reason we're here this morning. He's the reason we get to go to work. So pray before heading into work. Telling God how much you need him, how there is nothing we can do without him, and let it shape your day. Why? Because he's worth it. To be utterly dependent on God is to put your trust in, the mighty hand, in his mighty hands. It reminds us that he's the one working, fighting our battles. Waking up at 4.15, I find it hard sometimes to do this. You know, I'll either do it rolling out of bed, half asleep, or on my way to work, half asleep, or while I'm working, half asleep. I'm just trying to stress that I'm always tired when I go to work. <laughs> and honestly, I, sometimes I forget myself, and I can tell throughout my day that it's just not a good day. God is not, I'm not showing God that I'm dependent on him. I'm not making all my decisions through my dependence on God. Now, um, the next step is integrity. This means that while we're at work, be an upright, reliable employee, be there on time, do what you're, you're asked, you know, without taking shortcuts, and just be an all-around good bloke, or lass. You know, I don't know if that's the right lingo, I've only been here a few years. Anyways, in the passage we just read, it says, obey in everything those who are your earthly masters. So God actually commands us to listen to our bosses without slagging them off. And what makes this interesting is that he says, not by way of eye service, as people pleases, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. I love what Pastor John said a few weeks ago. He said, being nice for the sake of being nice is as useless as being tall. I thought, that was the most hilarious thing I heard all year. But honestly, one of the most truest. When we're being nice people, we're not doing it for attention to be people pleasers or brown noses, but to display the eternal glory of our Father in heaven. Lastly, let's talk about money. One of the obvious results of going to work is acquiring currency. A tip on using our wages to glorify God is realizing that it all belongs to Him. Every penny. We're just trustees of the money. Making all of life all about Jesus means seeing Him as a treasure hidden in the field as told in, parab as in, a, in a parable of Matthew and selling everything we have just to acquire that field. When we realize that God is the only treasure, we should be stupidly stupid Stupidly generous, that was pretty stupid. Stupidly generous with our giving to those in need, to the ministries of the church, and so on. Like, um, like Jimmy said last week, looking at our bank statements is a great way to see what we truly treasure and worship. And I'm not going to lie, I looked at my bank statements in the past week just to prove a point, and I worship a lot of food. <laughs> I worship gas, and I worship gym memberships. I'm a member of so many gyms and I barely go to one. It's not even funny. Well, way to throw yourself under the bus. 
Anyways, we were created to glorify God through our work. Not only through creation, but throughout the Bible, history, and until the end of time. Our chief end is to glorify an almighty God through all that we do, whether it be eating or drinking. And this includes our places of work. Whether you're flying airplanes, driving forklifts, writing up reports, or raising up your children at home, God has called you to glorify him through it. And at the end of the day, he's so worth it. He's worth every breath and every moment of hardship in our lives. We were dead, but he brought us to life. We were blind, but he made us see. We were lost, but through him we're found. If we believe that he's worth giving everything up for, then let's show it. That's all I have for us today. Um, before we finish up, I'm just going to pray for us. Father God, I thank you that you've called us to glorify you, Lord God, through everything that we do, even our workplaces, Father. You're worth everything, Lord. I pray that throughout this week and throughout the rest of our lives that we get, we can see out these medial tasks as acts of worship, Father. I pray that you'll help us through the renewal of our minds and just through trusting in you that You've called us to do these things to glorify your name and that to encourage others through it, Father God. Thank you once again for the great honor it is to be up here for the first time. I pray that you help us to apply it to our lives. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you. <laughs>